Mm. So many things going on, and so many different things that I could talk about, so many topics that I could choose, uh, just with everything that's going on within our communities, everything in the country, uh, and even those things, hey Heather, and even those things within the church. Um, through prayer and just seeking out God, uh, I believe that he gave me a topic, uh, something to share with you guys today. Um, I firmly believe that uh, after last night, you know, and this past week, that God has really gifted me uh, with the spirit to overthink things. <laughs> uh, it's been real challenging with this sermon. Uh, I've changed it 50 million times uh, to the point to where it became quite frustrating. So uh, I'm right waiting to see the work of the Holy Spirit as well as you are uh, to see what he's going to do with me. Uh, the title of my letter to the church today uh, is The Compassion of Christ. It's the compassion of Christ. Uh, looking to Jesus, who's just not full of grace and truth, but looking at Jesus as he's also full of mercy and pity. Uh, as I go through uh, the text, uh, three things I want to be looking at. Uh, one of those things would be that compassion doesn't judge. The other thing would be uh, that compassion draws a following. And last, lastly, is that compassion confronts bad doctrine. Uh, when we're dealing with this word, compassion, uh, the Greek word for compassion literally means to be moved in one's bowels. Uh, dealing with an individual's innermost being, uh, not being able to see someone going through a situation uh, that's causing them distress, suffering, or any type of discomfort without not wanting to do something about that situation. Because when we're dealing, when we're dealing with compassion, it's actually, you know, uh, the act of doing something to help alleviate that pain, that suffering, that distress, that an individual may be going through. So in all actuality, uh, compassion will not allow you to just stand by and do nothing while it doesn't even have to be your brother or sister. It can be anybody is going through something and you not do anything about it. Uh, we hear many stories of people picking up stray animals in the street, uh, taking them to a place of shelter, taking them home, giving them something to eat, nourishing them, back to health because it was some in them that seen that poor animal's disposition that their innermost being rose up and said man uh, I have to do something about that situation I, I have to help that poor animal uh, you know I, I, I want to share a story uh, back when uh, the Mike Brown murder happened when he was killed by the officer in Ferguson. And uh, I remember being in class and uh, my professor, you know, uh, 
addressing, you know, some of the activity going on in the community, you know, the actions of the people with the protesting, with the rioting, you know, with the looting, with the busting out police cars, jumping on top of police cars. You know, he just started with such a shame that people would be acting like this. And, you know, he said, but it's all right because the police gonna lock their butt up anyway. Mm -hmm. And he said, and if I had it my way, he said, I would have all of them locked up. Mm -hmm. And I really wish that God would get all these thugs off the street. <laughs> you know, because basically, you know, he led with them to be a minister of society. Now, I'm sitting back, and I have concern for a couple of reasons. You know, my first concern was, is that this man is a black pastor. Second concern is, you know, uh, that he's not saying anything of what it is that the church might be able to do to help these people in this situation. Nothing about a call to prayer. Nothing about a call to evangelize the community with an opportunity to bring discipleship in beyond that. Now, I'm in a Bible college, and I'm listening to this man, and I'm concerned because he's a leader. So what is he teaching everybody else? I'm wondering, where is this man's compassion? What is it that's causing him to have a lack of compassion. Well, he knows Jesus. He knows that Jesus is full of compassion, full of mercy, full of pity. Because it was that same mercy and pity that got that man into a relationship with God. Reconciled when he was once dead in his sin. You know, now he's alive through the Spirit of God. He's been reconciled through the compassion of Christ. Not the passion, but the compassion. That Jesus seen the need that man needed a savior. But this man had no compassion for a group of people struggling with the issues of society, the injustices. So I'm like, well, maybe, Lord, you know, maybe he haven't experienced life as a black man like I've experienced life like a black man. Maybe he haven't been pulled over by police and harassed. You know, maybe he haven't been followed through the stores or told you can't, all four of y'all can't be in here at the same time. Y'all can only come in two at a time. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe he haven't felt that burden of being criminalized because of the color of his skin. You know, but as I was going over this text and I'm just going through this over and over again, you know, I'm like, Lord, what is it that made him to be so insensitive to the needs of the people, of hurting people, just really responding to injustice. Sinners doing what sinners do, tearing up stuff, being destructive. What is it, Father, that caused him to be so insensitive? And man, the Lord showed me that once you begin to label people thugs, Ministers to society, losers, food stamp thieves, lazy, no good for nothings. The Lord showed me that once we began to look at each other like that, 
we begin to devalue that individual. And once we devalue that individual, now they no longer have any worth. Because we've passed judgment on them, we've condemned them, we've sentenced them. So what's the need to help this person? Because they ain't going to be nothing no way. They losers. It ain't nothing out there for them. God don't want them. I don't want them. But that's the difference between Christ and man. Is that Jesus never looked at anybody and what their faults were. Or who they were. What their idiosyncrasies are. Or their bad behavior. It's in his compassion that he's always found mercy and pity. Because Jesus always seen a bigger picture. You know, when we're dealing with this compassion, you know, I'm going through it, you know, it's really not a thing that's a spiritual thing. That compassion really isn't a spiritual thing. You know, you don't get saved and now you have compassion. You know, it's simply a choice. Either you want to do it or you don't. So I think about the Good Samaritan. We, we remember that story about the Good Samaritan. To prove that compassion is not a thing that's, you know, uh, for the people of God that they automatically have or that even a person of God choose to have. I mean, it's, it's spelled out. It's clear as day. And the, uh, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan, that you have the priest, you have the Levite, you have two people serving in a temple, one assisting the other, the Levite assisting the priest. And they come across a man who's been beaten, robbed, and left for dead on the side of the road. And the priest and the Levite, the two people serving in the church, in the temple. The two people that you would expect to help this man, they walked on the other side of the road and walked right past them. A lack of compassion. It was nothing in their innermost being causing them to want to address the issues of this man who was suffering. But then here comes a Jew. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, lack of sleep, sleep deprivation. So another thing that that is is weird about it is that 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 person was a Jew. That was their fellow Jew that they walked right past. So now here comes the Samaritan. Here comes the Samaritan. Uh, he's an enemy to the Jew. You know, kind of like uh, suffering some of the things that black people suffer, people of color suffer in this country. You know, constantly being racially profiled. You know, they were disgusted with these Samaritans, the Jews just didn't like them. But this is the ultimate image of what true compassion looks like. You see, so we see this, this Samaritan who sees this Jew in distress. Now, come on. He knows the issue between the Jews and the Samaritans. But because it was some in this man's innermost being, uh -huh. the Samaritan seeing this Jew in distress, it caused him 
to action to do something to help alleviate the pain and the suffering of this Jew, even though he might know that this Jew probably don't even like me and wouldn't do the same thing for me if he seen me. But that wasn't his concern. His concern was, ultimately, this man needed some help, and I'm going to help him. So he provided for this Jew who's been beaten up, robbed, and left for dead, everything it is that he needed to be nurtured, brought back to health, taken to a place of safety, uh, that this man may carry on with his life, uh, with the same quality of life that he was living before this incident happened. So, so... So we see that compassion, compassion, it doesn't look at anything but the end result, and that's helping to alleviate an individual's pain and suffering. Uh, I am going to get to the text, and uh, if you guys got your Bibles, if you will, just turn to uh, Matthew uh, chapter 9, and... Uh, and we're going to uh, start off at verse 9. And that's for the sake of context. And like I say, just bear with me. Uh, man, I've changed this sermon 50 million times. and uh, But we're just going to see what God is going to do. When you get to that text, uh, just let me hear you say amen. 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 So, uh, I'm going to start off at uh, Matthew uh, chapter 9, verse 9, and I'm going to uh, read down to um, verse 13. And it reads as, it says as, starting at verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in a tax collector's booth. And he said to Matthew, follow me. And Matthew got up and followed Jesus. And then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they said to Jesus' disciples, Man, why is your teacher eating with the tax collectors and the sinners? But when Jesus heard this, Jesus said, It is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what this means. Jesus says, I desire compassion and not sacrifice. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And that's actually a quote from uh, the book of Hosea, uh, I believe, chapter 5, verse 5. Uh, I'm going to pray right quick uh, for the Lord to just help me out with this. And Father, I just seek you right now, O Lord, for clarity. Uh, thank you for this, your people, O God. Uh, Father, that you would just give us clarity of this text. Father, that the Holy Spirit will lead and guide me through this text. Uh, Father, we just look into uh, be elevated in you, uh, Father, that uh, we may be a better example, Father, that we may be more fruitful in the works of the kingdom, O oh God, that ultimately you may be glorified 
And Father, that you may be acknowledged in all these things. In Jesus' name, I pray, Father, and I love you. Amen. 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 So the first thing that I want to look at is how compassion doesn't judge an individual. In Matthew 9, chapter uh, verse 9, it says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man called Matthew sitting in the tax collector's booth. And Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. And Jesus got up and followed him. And it says, Then it happened that as Jesus was reclining at the table in the house, behold, many tax collectors and sinners came and were dining with Jesus and his disciples. See, compassion can't judge because if compassion could judge, it would never put you in the position to engage with people who are different from you. A people who probably by a lot of church people says that they are sinners and that they are tax collectors. You know that these people are probably just uh, not our flavor and not our type. But because compassion, it doesn't judge because the two don't go together, it allowed Jesus to be in the arena with a bunch of unbelievers. You see, it says that Jesus came in the house and he sat and he died with the tax collectors and the sinners. Not to say that the tax collectors aren't sinners, but in my eyes, maybe Jesus is just like, man, y'all such sinners that I'm going to just have to, you know, call y'all some tax collectors because y'all some real sinners versus the other people that Jesus just called sinners. But it was Jesus's ability to get this crowd of people to come together. And it was simply because of everything that Jesus was doing in the community as Jesus went out preaching the gospel, teaching the gospel, healing the sick, working miracles, feeding the poor. Uh, he, he would say, I would say, built a reputation for himself. Because can you, can you just imagine, and I don't want to call nobody out, but can you just imagine, you know, uh, John MacArthur saying, hey, he in the hood, man, he then asked some cat to follow him. He like, okay, John, here I come. And he invites John MacArthur to his house. And as with Matthew, he was excited. He wanted to throw a party. He threw a party for uh, John MacArthur. How many people would show up? I'm wondering how many people would show up just based off of reputation. Like, what is this man doing in the community? What is he known for besides going against uh, all the things that Jesus is teaching us to be for? Dealing with issues of justice, on how to treat poor people, on how to treat the disenfranchised, on how to treat the widow, the fatherless. What would that scene look like? It, I don't think it'll be nobody else, Pastor. I don't think anybody would show up. Because with a judgmental mind, it's going to keep you from doing good works to people who you feel don't deserve anything. And within that same 
verse, you know, we see that it was the compassion of Jesus that drew the crowd because of his good works. You know, can you just imagine what was going on? Because uh, I was wondering, like, how did all these people get here? You know, but over in the book of Luke, it talked about, you know, how he threw a party for Jesus. And he invited all his set of friends and all his tax collectors. So it's like this dude was excited about Jesus coming to his crib. It was the compassion of Jesus that drew these people for everything it was that Jesus was doing for this community, meeting these people's needs, the compassion of Jesus, full of, uh, full of uh, mercy, full of pity, meeting the needs of the people to alleviate them from distress, from pain, from suffering. Matthew like, that dude is at my house. Everybody else like, I heard about this dude. Man, we gonna be there. We gonna come to this party. We wanna be around Jesus. A house full of sinners. Jesus ain't tripping. He ain't worried about people stealing food stamps. He ain't worried about people smoking weed. He ain't worried about people carjacking. He ain't worried about people cheating on their taxes. Jesus ain't worried about nothing. Jesus is at the table chilling, dining with these people, knowing that he have an opportunity to make a difference in these people's lives through the gospel. He ain't tripping. Jesus knows that sinners will do what sinners are going to do. But if we don't have that same view of these people as Jesus does, we'll label them to be bad apples and we'll never get around to ministering to them. They'll never want to come around us. These people were grateful. They were coming in the house with Jesus. I mean, I don't know. Somebody could have been in the, in the powder room snorting cocaine, taking opioids in this house. You know, I don't know what was going on with these people. I just know that it was a bunch of sinners who wanted to be in the presence of a compassionate God. Compassion draws a following. Compassion draws a following. I mean, this, this is really good for me because it checked me also. Because sometimes if I maybe label an individual to be racist, Man, am I going to engage with that person? Am I going to engage with that person who I believe to be a crooked cop? Mm. Am I going to want to deal with these white folks getting on my nerves or with a lack of empathy, with a lack of compassion? Jesus is like, this gospel is for you too, brother. Amen. He's telling me Amen. that I can't label people because then I'm going to devalue them and I'm not... I'm going to feel like they're not worthy of the gospel. And that's why I couldn't really choose a certain group of people or a certain individual to address because I know that we all have compassion issues. But Jesus is painting a beautiful picture right here. In verse 11, The Pharisees, the Pharisees saw all these people chilling with Jesus. 
And they said to his disciples, Ma'am, why is your teacher eating with these tax collectors and these sinners? It says, but when Jesus heard this, he said, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, but those who are sick. Jesus is telling them, but go and learn what this, this quote right here means. That I desire compassion and not sacrifice, for I did not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Now, it's just strange to me, out of all the people that the Pharisees have a problem with, they have a problem with Jesus. For doing the work of the kingdom, doing righteous deeds. They are questioning him. I mean, like, how often is that happening in a church? Man, why are you over here with this group of people? Or, man, why are you over here with that group of people? It's not that it has to be uh, we hanging out, we kicking it, and we one of a kind, but maybe they're ministering to these people uh, by example, uh, through sharing the gospel, however, you know, but to simply make a difference in these individuals' life. And this is just bad doctrine by these Pharisees who were, uh, you know, just a, a group of people, uh, you know, who considered themselves to be righteous and better than everybody else. And I think Heather addressed that in her sermon series, uh, a revolution uh, on how God is raising up leaders today uh, to uh, engage in some of the uh, activity that's going on in a church that is just not representing the kingdom to the fullest. But that God wants to use those people to bring reform and make change in the church. It's that Pharisaic attitude. Uh, uh, these, 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 these church people uh, having an issue with the work of the gospel. It's, it's conflicting, it's interfering with what it is that Jesus came to do and what Jesus wants to do through us. It's counterproductive. It's working against the things of God. When God's trying to draw people, uh, they question, why be with them? Why hang with them? Why have them around? And it's an issue. It's an issue. It's bad doctrine. It's, it's bad doctrine because uh, they want to pick and choose who they want to be around. You know, but compassion doesn't pick and choose. Amen. Compassion just sees a situation and knows that something has to be done about it to make it better. Yes. And these people's situation was is that they need a holy God. They need a savior. It wasn't just uh, their disposition of a lack of education or uh, you know, poverty, but they needed something beyond that. And that's that's why Jesus was uh, engaging with them. That's why he was doing all these things, building up his reputation to let these poor sinners know that, man, if don't nobody else care about you, I care about you. It's the compassion of Christ. Jesus is telling them, look, Hey, man, if you don't have compassion, hey, you can go and learn compassion mm -hmm. if it's lacking. Amen. He challenged them to go back to the scriptures of what they know. You might not believe in me, but if, if you believe, if you believe 
and Yahweh, you believe in uh, your God of the Old Testament. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but he's saying, go read the Old Testament scriptures. Go read the Old Testament scriptures. The truth is in it. Jesus is telling them, listen, it's important that you learn these things. He said, because the direction that we're going in right now, Jesus is like, I'm not just concerned with uh, uh, religious activity. Amen. Dealing with sacrifice. Jesus is saying, I'm needing you to begin to care about the people more than you care about the temple or keeping the law. Which only brings death anyway. It wasn't helping nobody. Jesus is saying, go learn compassion because uh, those are the things that please me. And Jesus said, you have to understand my whole reason for being here is that I didn't come for the people who are good. I didn't come for the people who have it together. Jesus told him that I came to call the sinners, not those who are righteous, being self-righteous in themselves. So Jesus is letting them know that's why I'm partnering with this group of people. That's why I'm with them. Because I see their distress. I see their discomfort. I see everything it is that they're going through. I might not make them a millionaire. I might not be able to give them a, a brand new car. But man, if I can get you in a relationship with the Father in heaven, man, he'll make every situation seem great. No matter what you have or what you don't have. That's Jesus' purpose. That's his purpose. I want to drop down to uh, verse 36. And we're going to see an illustration of what compassion really is. What it's all about. What Jesus is dealing with in this text. And this is chapter 9, verse 36. It says that Jesus, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them. Because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. And then Jesus said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, seek the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. That it was the compassion of the Christ. It was the compassion of Christ that caused him to teach his disciples that numbers don't lie. All these sinners running around here, Jesus is saying, it's so many of them. He said, but we just don't have enough people to go get them. Because it was the compassion of Christ that seeing these people distressed and discomfort, suffering, not knowing right from left, up from down, everything in life affecting them. Out here looking for justice and a government <coughs> system that they'll never find. Out here trying to find peace in a buck. In the club. And nothing's working out for them. No matter how much money you get, life keeps on coming. 
Jesus is saying, I want to do something about this situation. We need to do something about this situation. And so Jesus, Jesus taught his disciples to pray for more people to go out and engage the people through compassion. It's this movement, movement going on out here, and it's called the I Hear You Movement. Okay? And it's in the church. And what these people are saying is, we hear you. We hear you. We hear you. We hear you talking about the people protesting and rioting. We hear you. So now here we come. We want to pray. Because we hear you. But the problem with the I Hear You movement is if the people ain't turning up buildings and looting and shooting, how are you ever going to know that they're in distress? If that's the only thing that helps you to recognize that a person is in a difficult situation is when they start destroying the community. Jesus is saying it has to be a feeling, something on the inside of you, that not it won't look at the person's skin color. It won't look at their disposition. It's not going to look at their past. But it's simply going to want to address the situation to help alleviate their distress. And Jesus is our great example of that. And we learn that through compassion, uh, that compassion doesn't judge, that compassion draws a following, and that compassion confronts bad doctrine. I'd like to thank you all for coming out. Thank you for your time. God bless you all. And I uh, hope you were encouraged today. Amen. Amen. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walking Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walking Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to thank you today for tuning in and I want to praise you for praying for this ministry. We are growing by leaps and bounds. If you would like to support this ministry and give a donation, look in the description. We have Cash App, Venmo, and PayPal. But most importantly, we need your prayers. So I just want to thank you again for coming along on this journey and we will see you on the other side.